Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now! Good day. How are you? Great. A little Australian going on there? I don't know there? what it is. It's a mix of weird things. I don't know. Don't ask questions. <laughs> okay. I don't even know. If I were asking you, mm-hmm. would you describe in minutes, seconds, or hours how much Toronto mayoral election coverage you watched last night, Kat? Oh, minutes. Minutes. Yep, not a lot. Olivia, I didn't watch a lot. Olivia Chow is the new mayor of Toronto. 102 candidates. Olivia came out at number one. Good for her. She's wanted to be mayor for a long time, and now she is. It was closer than they thought, though. Anna Bailao had a really, really good night. She, uh, here, let me just get the actual numbers in front of me. 235,175 votes for the runner-up. You know, it looks like, based on the way the polls came in last night, looked like Anna Bailao was going to run away with it. She had a good lead right at the beginning. Then once they started counting the ballots from advance voting, Olivia Chow came from behind and ended up with a pretty substantial lead. Which makes people think if John Tory had endorsed Anna Bailao before the final week before the election, before people went to the advance polls, it might have been a different outcome. So. Are we getting mad at John Tory for that? Well, I mean, people who like Anna Bailao. Yeah, I'm going to try and be objective on this uh, because Olivia is a new mayor. And while she wouldn't have been my choice, in fact, I'm a little shocked Toronto did that given the cost of living crisis, because this sure as shit isn't going to help. But I I honestly thought that that John Tory endorsing Anna Bailao was a given. So I don't know why he didn't do it sooner, i.e. before people started actually voting, because clearly it made a difference. Uh, Doug Ford endorsing Mark Saunders. It's kind of a dud. He got less than 9% of the vote, 62,000 votes, hmm. whereas Olivia Chow had 269,000 votes. She won it by almost 200,000 votes over Saunders. Anthony Fury had a great night, 35,000 votes. Very good. Josh Matlow, Mitzi Hunter, Chloe Brown, Brad Bradford. Uh, Chris Skye got 8,001 votes. Okay. We were curious about that. Can I tell you that kind of shocks me? 8,001 votes. That's a lot. I mean, good for him. Where are we at with the turnout? Turnout was around 50 to 55%. Okay. I don't know if I've heard a final number. Uh, basically, not enough people are voting in these elections, and, and smaller groups are, are deciding who wins it. Um, let me see here. Our, our buddy Rick Lee, he did some stuff oh, for the Scott Rick. and Cat show. Yeah. Yeah, Rick was actually running for mayor of Toronto. If he interviewed you in Maple Leaf Square during the Leafs playoff run, uh, that was a mayoral candidate. 241 votes. So 240 people voted for him, plus himself. I didn't know Rick knew 240 people. How did that happen? (laughs) Well, you think about the whole office headquarters probably voted for Rick. (laughs) I would have if I lived in Toronto. Frank D'Angelo from the Being Frank show, 343 votes, 0.05% of the final vote. But he got a lot of votes, 343. That's... That's not bad. You know, I, mean, I don't see a candidate here that got less than 27 votes. Hmm. So everybody got some. 
That's okay, good. Good. They still have to find a way to pare that down. 102 oh, candidates yeah. on the ballot I is mean, absolutely crazy. It's ridiculous. Anyway, congratulations to Mayor Chow. It's weird to say. It's going to take a while to get used to. Sure. I hope that... Uh, I hope that taxes don't go too crazy because the estimate is anywhere between 13 and 20% of a property tax increase. Chow wouldn't say how much taxes will have to go up. So other people using the limited information available estimate a 13 to 20% tax increase in the next year or two under Mayor Chow. And and many people who didn't vote for the mayor are going to say she won with less than 20% of the vote. She did. That's how politics works when not everybody participates. You've got to get out and vote if there's someone you feel strongly about. So we'll see how she does. Good on you. Congratulations, Madam Mayor. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Canada soccer. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get to that in a second because I have some serious issues with certain minor sports regulating bodies. First off, this came up earlier in our radio shows today, and it has to do with racing. Is F1 a sport? Oh, how dare you even ask that question? Cat asked that question this morning, <laughs> and holy shit, guys. It was like it a can of worms got open all over us. It was bad. This is The story stems from, because Ryan Reynolds, we know, didn't uh, get, with his investment team that he was with, didn't uh, purchase the Sens. So then apparently he thought, what could I invest in? And this it came up, an opportunity to invest in an F1 team, which is worth a lot of money. Absolutely. He put in, he and his partners, by the way, put in $210 million, decent. So I was just thinking he went from one sport to another, but that's when I asked the question. I guess it's a sport. Wow. That was a, why did I do that? Did you learn anything from all the thousands <laughs> you know of text messages that came What in? I did learn is that people are really, I'm going to say passionate because I'll be, uh, positive <laughs> All right. that it was a, a, a passionate group of people. But a lot of people agreed with me asking the question, what is a sport? And that, because a lot of people will assume for those wondering, y- you use cars. So it's, of course, there's skill in the drivers. Is that considered a sport? And they are physically fit. So they're, I suppose, are they athletes? Yeah, I guess they are. But it's a motor sport was what I came to the conclusion of. That's a motorsport, different category altogether from a sport like basketball, which is very hands-on in terms of interactive with the other team members. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Let me play just a little devil's advocate for a second here. What about equestrian? Mm -hmm. They ride a horse. They're generally considered athletes. Is it a competition? Well, it is a competition. So is is equestrian a sport? Because that's in the Olympics. Yeah, that is in the Olympics. Um, That's and, a non-motor but sport? But I mean, you look at, yeah, yeah, what is the, it's, a, it's an animal sport. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking when you compare certain ones, it's like kind of just leaves the door wide open for what is a sport. Some people said, well, if you train really hard for something and you're competing, it's a sport. But then if that's the case, there's a lot of things that could be sport. And then do you consider wrestling a sport? I mean, we got into all the, all the questions. Wrestling is sports entertainment that is participated in by Excellent athletes. Sports so, entertainment. See, so that's a separate category. That, so can we just categorize, the, categorize them all? Like, is that the conclusion? Well, it's scripted. So there's, I don't think anybody thinks it's a sport. Is it? I don't think. There's people who think it's a sport. Well. I'm not uh, saying uh, I'm, right. I am not saying I'm one of them. I'm just saying there's people who do. Define. Be- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Because there's athletes involved and it's competition. Now, is it fake competition? S- of course it is. I think we all know this by now. Define sport. A text message from a listener. 
an activity involving physical exertion and skill in which an individual or team competes against others for entertainment. So by that definition, that probably would make F1 a sport because the athletes are in exceptional condition. I haven't watched this documentary that everybody insists I've got to watch about F1, but apparently it really shows you the grind that the drivers go through to maintain their fitness and to be able to endure the pressures on their body of doing that race at those G-forces around that track. Sure. Um, in that, by the way, definition, sport of what is sport, there's, yeah, there's just a lot of things. It opens the door to a lot of different things, doesn't it? Sure. But I mean, I think almost every sport, you use basketball, which is a prime example of one that doesn't. It's just the athlete playing with a ball. But I mean, when you look at hockey, they're on skates, which are aerodynamically engineered. They use special composite sticks, which are engineered to give them the best shot or the most accurate shot. It's not just the human body that makes it a sport. Competitive competitive eaters. Competitive eaters are athletes then, and that's a sport. Pure athleticism is all that is. That's what we're going with then. That is a sport. <laughs> They've got to train to be able to eat 50 chicken wings in 10 minutes. A lot of people train for a lot of things, though. It's just interesting, right? I mean, once you start to open the door in one thing, you open the door for a bunch of other things. Hey, if you want to uh, have a very controversial and contentious conversation around the office or even at home, <laughs> ask somebody, do you think F1 is a sport? You might be surprised at the answers because I was surprised at some of the answers. Somebody told me to get educated and fuck off. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even fucking say it. <laughs> it wasn't even me. I wasn't questioning it. I was on his side. Told me to get educated probably, and fuck off. They probably met me. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Hey, there's nothing wrong with a little healthy conversation. For the people who get so up in a tizzy, it, it's, in, it's interesting to me. That's when I kind of like to play with it a little bit more. A little poke the bear. Just action. keep pushing buttons. I'm just being honest with you. I kind of have fun with it because I don't really give a shit. At the end of the day, it doesn't change my life. It's just a question. Cat Canada's men's national soccer head coach says solutions are needed to solve the financial crisis enveloping Canada soccer. John Herdman was asked to weigh in on the organization's financial situation after TSN published an interview with Jason DeVos in which Canada's soccer interim general secretary said the organization might need to explore filing for bankruptcy. Really? How in the living shit can, can Canada soccer be on the verge of bankruptcy? Every single kid that plays soccer in this country in some way is contributing some funds to the national governing body. Okay, so you How pay could they that? possibly be? Right. Okay, so my kids in soccer, some of that goes to Canada soccer, essentially? It gets kicked up, yeah. Then that's... That's strange to me because there's a lot of people in those leagues. Right? So where did all the are money we, for Canada soccer go? Because there are tens of thousands of kids playing soccer across the country. Are we maybe uh, wanting to look deeper into this uh, financial picture and see what's going on there? Personally, I think every one of our national sport governing bodies should be looked at. In a lot of cases, they're run by volunteer boards. And full disclosure, I sit on a number of those mm -hmm. boards. I've never agreed with how the money is spent or how it's collected. Right. In this case, Canada Soccer says its men's and women's teams have been in a labor dispute for more than a year. Yeah, we know that, but there has to be money. I mean, every time they do a game, they sell tickets to those games. Mm -hmm. There's sponsorships up the ass. There is... Uh, uh, minor contributions coming in from all over the country. I don't understand how they could be in financial trouble. It, that seems crazy to me. Canada soccer should be right up there with Hockey Canada. Do they? Are they asking for help? 
oh, I'm sure that'll be next. Yeah. Hey, we don't want soccer to go under in Canada. That's probably how they'll spin it. I, I'd kind of like to see the books. Where's the money going? Well, that's exactly it, right? I think if you give to a charity, and this is not the same, I totally understand, but if you give to a charity, it's important to see like the pie chart, right? You usually see that. Like this is where the money goes and they can fully explain what goes where so you know what you're giving into. I would like to see that. I think that that would be good for people to know. Maybe they just need help in that area. Maybe they do need to end up hiring one person for a good salary who's going to manage that and manage it well to the point where they don't need to go into bankruptcy. Or maybe we don't need governing bodies anymore. Maybe we just look after our national teams on a national level and that's fine and let everybody else just sort it out themselves. And if there's going to be a, a GTA league, so be it. If there's going to be a, a, a private re, privately run league, so be it. If there's going to be camps and things like that, who gives a shit? Maybe we don't need these governing bodies anymore. Mm -hmm. a, a lot of them, by the way, collecting a salary. Right. Some of the executives on these boards. Right. And of course, we all know about Hockey Canada paying out hush money over settlements in court from various allegations. Mm -hmm. Maybe it is time just to scrap the whole shooting match and deregulate it and just let people play the sport. And if you want to try out for a national yeah. team, those are all run only at the national level. They balance their own books. That's probably the best solution here. Uh, Shopify. We didn't talk about this yesterday. Oh, Shopify, yeah. Shopify has confirmed it is going to fight a request from the Canada Revenue Agency for six years of merchant tax records. Shopify's chief executive called the request from the CRA a low-key overreach. The government says they want to see all those years of Spotify, sorry, Shopify, not Spotify, Shopify receipts to make sure that Canadians who are selling products are complying with the Income Tax Act and the Excise Tax Act. All parties involved are going to have a one-day hearing on the matter. That'll happen not until next February and next March. So it's not going to affect this tax year, I don't think. But how many people have filed a tax return in the last six years and you are making some money selling some shit online? You didn't think the CRA was going to find out about it. Now the CRA wants Shopify to hand over their records for anybody who made $1,000 or more using their platform. See, and that's such a like, that's that to me is like, a, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. Overreach was a good word. Overreach, sure. But I mean, it, it can't you just pinpoint people who, isn't it the job of the CRA to look into individuals themselves? And instead of saying, hey, Shopify, send us your top, whatever people shouldn't you just be starting to do your own work like isn't that the point of the Can canadian revenue agency yeah it's kind of cutting corners is what i'm trying to say it does seem it's cutting like corners it. to me yeah like now you're looking now you're looking for help to do your job from a company who doesn't owe you shit the way i see it no in fact they've helped launch many 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 canadian businesses through what they do and, and that's great i mean shopify offers a turnkey solution it's a platform where just about anybody can open a business online and collect money for their product or service. Mm -hmm. So I think it's great. The CRA going to them. As far as I know, they can. I'm pretty sure they can they ask can to that. see the receipts. Well, it doesn't they, mean they should, though. Right. They, they, do have the, they do have power, and that was going to be my next question, is where does their power end? Can they ask anything? I know that they can ask any individual, right, who's, who's whatever in the system, basically, for information at any given time. And they can do that for businesses as well. Yeah. This government is far too involved in the banks, from the central bank with interest rates right down to freezing people's accounts during the Freedom Convoy, and now they want the CRA to get Shopify to hand over all their records. 
here's my problem with it, because, yeah, I, I think they can do it. I also think that uh, there probably are some people that were selling stuff online that didn't declare the income. I just hope they don't get screwed too much here. Hey, listen, CRA, we all know what happened over the last couple of years. We paid out CERB to so many people that didn't deserve it. We paid out CERB to people in fucking jail. We paid CERB to dead people, actual dead people. And apparently we can't go after it. We don't have the time. We don't have the money. We don't have the resources. It's not worth it, even though there's billions of dollars that got wasted on CERB alone and on the wage subsidy. Why aren't we going after the big fish? Why aren't we going after these big corporations that are playing games with the tax code, that are moving money offshore to Ireland, and then from Ireland it gets sent down to the Cayman Islands or the Bahamas, one of those tax-free countries in the Caribbean. Eventually it funnels its way back here through various means. There's a lot of big corporations, billion-dollar corporations, that are skirting the tax system and not paying their fair share. I don't understand why we're going after Joe Blow or or Sally So that's just trying well, to operate a small business out of their basement. Well, that's why I'm wondering, my other question on this would be, is that this seems quite targeted. Why Shopify and why not? Or are other outlets being questioned for this? Well, why not the Ebays and the any other number of things where you're selling things through, essentially through a marketplace? I think Shopify is the test one. They'll try it with Shopify, and if Shopify uh, complies, great. If they don't, they go to this hearing, and if it turns out the CRA is successful in requesting that information from Shopify, then maybe they go to the Ebays of the world, the right. PayPals of the world, places like right. that to find out where else Canadians are hiding money. But again, just because they can doesn't mean they should. Before you start going after regular, run-of-the-mill, hardworking, middle-class people and shaking them down for a hundred bucks in taxes that they should have paid. But that's, yeah. Why aren't we going after these big corporations and getting them to pay their fair share? Unless this is targeted in that it isn't small fish and we know, we don't know as much as we think. So it's either this is dumb or they figured something out and they need more information to back it up. And it's actually quite large fish that they're, that they're working with here. But I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't see it that way for sure. Only they know the reason why they're targeting them. yeah, like I said. It could be something bigger that we don't know about. The, and maybe, They're going to be hush-hush. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to tell us They're shit. not going to tell us anything. No, so this could not. be a lot bigger than we think. It could be. I, I'm just wondering what the end game here is, and I'm worried about the optics of this too. Again, going after just regular middle-class people that have got a side hustle as opposed to focusing on these huge corporations that are laundering money overseas. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but hey, maybe that's the plan. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
you were just at Wonderland on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Over in Sweden, government investigators are launching a probe into this past weekend's roller coaster accident at the oldest amusement park oh. in Sweden. Oh, no. One person was killed and nine were injured <gasps> when the roller coaster train derailed no. mid-ride and sent passengers plunging to the ground. No, oh, this is like a, such a fear. Four adults remain hospitalized, two of them in serious but non-life-threatening condition. Ugh, that's horrible. 99.99999% of the time, our coasters are safe. That Those coasters at Wonderland all do dozens and dozens and dozens yeah. of runs every day with zero issue. So please don't think, oh shit, did you hear what happened in Sweden? No. I'm not going to go on roller coasters no. and anymore. And they don't F around there, I'll tell you that much. Like they, they will wait as long as they have to for people to be sitting where they're supposed to be sitting, for them to do their checks and make sure everything's clear. They do their due diligence. And I'm talking about Everybody that worked there, I noticed, took their job very seriously. So I do trust that. And I saw them running tests, actually, because I got to the park early and I saw all the tests being run. So, yes, please don't be scared of that. Like, I mean, I know I say it's a fear because, I mean, I watched Final Destination. I've seen that shit. So, of course, it's always going to be fear in the back of my mind. Um, In this particular case, though, what exactly went wrong? Uh, They don't know. They're still investigating. I can tell you that, uh, yeah, four adults still remain hospitalized. And then, of course, the one person died. Again, it's very safe to go to these amusement parks and go on these roller coasters. It's probably safer than flying, which is the safest form of travel. But hearing that, doesn't it just give you that little <gasps> butterfly next yeah, time you get on a roller coaster? that's horrible. Uh-huh. That's horrible to think but about. That's part of the excitement of riding a roller coaster. If it was perfectly safe and nothing could go wrong, it wouldn't be as exhilarating as it currently is. Right. It's not, there's, I know it's, there, it's not a lot of things you can do that are so thrilling and safe. <laughs> like thrilling but it is, and safe, you just got to suspend right? your disbelief. That's the thing, right? And you can't assume that it's always going to go right. And in these cases, it happens. But yeah, that's ugh, that sucks. I'd be even to witness that. I feel bad for the people who witnessed it. A shout out to the great women and men of the York Region Police Force. They just recovered 160 stolen cars with the help of Canadian Pacific Police Service and the Canada Border Services Agency. The vehicles. Valued at more than $10 million, were destined for illegal export to Africa and the Middle East. Of course they were. Police say there's been an increase in thefts from residential driveways across the greater Toronto-Hamilton area. Yeah, we could have all told you that, police. Majority of those thefts occurring in the early morning hours. Uh Thieves are able to gain entry into a vehicle while not triggering the alarm by using lock manipulation or other electronic means. Mm -hmm. First off, good job on the cops. They got 160 stolen cars back before they ended up getting sold overseas. And that's, by the way, pretty impressive because they move quickly. The people who are involved in this move fast. Somebody's in on this. Somebody in charge of law enforcement has got to be in on this. There's no fucking way that you can steal that many cars. That didn't happen in a day or two, 160 of them. They got stolen over a long period of time. They were kept somewhere and then eventually loaded onto train cars or in the back of transport trucks or wherever and sent to a port so they could be sent overseas. So again, I'll ask what I asked three weeks ago. Why are we not just checking all the shit that comes through our ports? Hey, you got a bin there that's big enough to hold a car. Let me just take a quick look inside and make sure it's not somebody's stolen Range Rover. Yeah, I think- $10 million worth of oh, cars. Oh, no, it's insane. And and they do move quickly. I do totally agree with you. It's not necessarily in, it could, might not be someone in law enforcement, but anyone who has control over those. Um, they're in shipping containers a lot of the time. That's what happens. So I would love to know what happens on the ground there. I don't know much about it and how that works, but 
that's where my mind goes to first. Is there someone there on the ground who's getting a cut? Because this is a lot of money we're talking about. And is the CRA worried about that? No. People are making a lot of fucking money selling these cars overseas. Are they they selling them on Shopify? Well, I guess if you do it through illegal means, you're you're fucked. But if you do it in the underground market, no problem. Nobody gives a shit. $10 million? Ah, It's hard, though. In, in, In all fairness to the police who do investigate these, there have been an extreme amount of car thefts to the point where they don't have time and resources to investigate every single one. Usually the way it goes now is if your car's stolen, yeah, good luck. You're going to have to like self-investigate. Go through your neighbor's cameras, do your best, because there's too, that's what I'm hearing anyway. There's too many circumstances right now. Some of them are just idiots that are jacking a car and they'll leave it down the street. But when it comes to operations like this, I think police know. It's like, phew, good luck. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. In America, Cat. Actually, I told Kat this on the air this morning, and I was shocked at the response because she didn't know what I was talking about. Again, it's the age gap between us showing. Back in the day, at a restaurant called Arby's, mm-hmm. where they have the meats, <laughs> they used to sell five roast beef sandwiches for five bucks, and they still do in America. And maybe you're wondering. Wow, how do they get away with that? How are they making any money I, selling a roast beef sandwich, five of them for five bucks? It doesn't seem profitable at all for Arby's. It also doesn't seem like roast beef at Arby's. <laughs> I don't know what it is, That's but it comes true. in like a gelatin pack. That's true. It came from a can. I don't know that that's really... They didn't stick a roast in the oven at 6 a.m. and start serving at 11. Unless Arby's decides to sponsor the podcast, in which, wow, that roast beef is top-notch. Okay, (laughs) we can delete that if they want to jump on. We're going back and doing it if they ever contact us. Octavia is the new Scott and Cat... Well, not the new. She's been around for a while. Executive producer of the Scott and Cat Show. Octavia's here in the studio with us right now. Can you make a note to remind us that if Arby's ever wants to sponsor the podcast, that we delete this? Go back to this episode number. And delete it. I think it's season nine, episode 112 or something like that. Can you do that? No, go ahead and say it. I turned your mic on for you. Yeah, I can do that. I'll Thank- keep track of those. Thank you. <laughs> and- Thanks for you. <laughs> the potential sponsor oh, watch. It's like our lo- lawsuit list. Yeah. <laughs> keep track of that one too. What else do we say? If I ever run for office, I've got about 600 episodes you've got to delete. Consider them gone. <laughs> Including the entire COVID era. We're going to replace them all with Scott saying a prayer. Yeah. Welcome to the Daily Prayer Podcast with Scott Fox. I love everybody and everything. Uh, uh, Octavia, how is it going so far? Before I talk about the Arby stuff, are you enjoying your time here now that you're here with us in studio? So far, so good. Not too much deleting of any content. Yet. No. Okay, <laughs> good, 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 good. Well, you just keep track of the new sponsors. For sure. We also don't have any sponsors right now, so if you'd like to get on that, feel free. <laughs> RVs, we're looking at you. A million downloads and no sponsor. Crazy. Um, anyway, sorry, that's just me venting out loud. The reason I'm asking is because Arby's is bringing it back in America for this week only. So if you're listening to us from the U.S., and we know there's a lot of people doing that, five roast beef sandwiches for $5 at Arby's right now. Are they like mini sandwich? Like, I'm just sorry. I just can't wrap my mind around this making any sense for them. Go to Arby's today, please. It's Are a regular mini? roast beef sandwich. Like how? Regular? Like, regular like a regular beef. bun? Yes. Not like the sliders and shit? It's not Nothing a slider. Like it's a real fucking burger. Okay, wow. That's no, that's just impressive. That sounds like a great deal. So to promote it, they're they're launching their a new line of t-shirts, which uh-huh. is basically just the big Arby's cowboy hat. And it says Arby's roast beef is delicious. Five t-shirts for five bucks. What a deal. Well, that is a deal. Shirts for shirts. Who wears fast food restaurant merch? That's what I want to know. Like, are are people actually spending money on the, the, the Burger King onesie 
and the 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 in and out thong and shit yeah. like that. Really, are they some doing that? Some people love it. Some people love that stuff. I, I suppose if you if you are going to wear it, just make sure that it's a true reflection of yourself. <laughs> you are a walking billboard. Right. So keep that in mind. So it doesn't matter what company we're talking about, but let's just use Arby's. Make sure that you're passionate enough to wear that because you're advertising for them and you're paying money for it. That's what I don't get. Like, I understand handing out free merch. That's brilliant. It's a brilliant marketing move. You know, um, any any place can do that. And that's no problem. And it doesn't have to be a food joint. It could be a radio station. Hey, we've done. Here's a shirt. Show people, you know, be loud and proud about it. That's great. But make sure you're aware of what you're wearing all the time. Right. Is an Arby's shirt one that you want to walk around in? Just ask yourself the question. But I've seen people buy like the Taco Bell merch when it comes around. I'll be honest with you. I just bought fast food merch for my brother. What? Well, I was in the States. He's at every single time we talk about him going, because he travels a lot. He talks about In-N-Out Burger. So when I was in Vegas, I bought him an In-N-Out Burger shirt. They actually have really nice merch. They have, did you know they have an entire store? Stop it. In-N-Out merch. No, I didn't know that. Shirts, hats, yeah. So I went to the In-N-Out store. And bought him a shirt and he loved it. He loves it. There's people who do quite enjoy it. So as long as it's something that you are a fan of, I say give her. The ones that are available in the States but not available in Canada, like In-N-Out Burger. That's a great example. Sure, those can almost become like a a pop culture lore, if you will. Uh, Same thing with uh, Chick-fil-A before they came to Canada. People used to love Chick-fil-A. Now that it's here, it's just sort of, eh. I don't see too many people running around wearing a Chick-fil-A shirt. No, Some, but no. Not, not too many. They're in the lines, though. There's one by a farm boy that I go to, and I go to the farm boy, and I can't even get into the parking lot because the line for Chick-fil-A, if it's lunchtime, it's insane how long people will wait for that stuff. I've never had Chick-fil-A, ever. That's but that lineup, tragic. Is it tragic, though? So is it good. that good? It's it really must good. be. The lineups are stupid. For fast food, it's good. Okay. If you went to a five-star restaurant and they served you Chick-fil-A, you'd be a little questionable. Got it. But- Try the, you would like the chicken tenders that are not breaded. I've seen that they have that. I, can I just say I do like that they have that option, but I'm just not waiting 50 minutes in a drive-through line to get no, it. No, it's crazy. <laughs> the whole thought of it is crazy. It's nuts. Uh, in any case, Arby's is out with a whole new line of merch to celebrate. If you want to wear an Arby's T-shirt, I've never seen that in real life, and I don't know how I'd react if I did. I just feel like it would be colossal disappointment in choices that people make. So are you, do you ever think you're going to hit the age? And I feel like it can be an age thing, okay? Don't at me. It can be. Where if anyone gives you a shirt, you'll wear it. Because I feel like, particularly with men's styles, because you guys can just wear a T-shirt and it's just a size and that's fine. You don't need to worry about too many other things, really, right? Sure. A lot of the time, like, like if I gave my dad an RB shirt, he might, he might wear it just because it's a clean shirt. You know what I'm saying? You're suggesting that it doesn't matter what's on the shirt. You just need a shirt. I'm I'm wondering if you ever could see yourself as that person who just wears what a shirt. I don't give a shit what's on it. It's a clean shirt. I didn't have to buy it. Let's say someone gave it to you. You'd wear it? I do have one from Ontario Travel that Uh I wore once. It's just a big fucking loon on it. (laughs) See? So in a way, if you had any of these shirts at your disposal, you'd probably wear them. Not to say you'll wear them to good events or anything, but just like around the house and shit. You probably wear an Arby shirt if I got you one, right? I'm pretty confident you're wrong about that one. I but don't know. Okay, we'll see. I we'll don't see. Know. Uh, hey, uh, two more things here before we wrap it up. Number one, the Stratford Festival. They lost millions during COVID. They had to right. cancel 15 planned productions. Yeah. And they tried to pivot. They did their Stratford Fest at home where you could stream the shows. Now, apparently, they've perfected it. So they're charging $7.99 a month for access, 
to be able to get the Stratford at Home app, which will allow you to watch any of the Stratford Festival plays anywhere you want on iOS, on Android, and more. Oh. My question is, is it the same thing? Like, if you could watch a Mervish-style production without going to the theater, it probably wouldn't be the same. You'd see it, but it's not the same. And I have a feeling the Stratford Festival would be the same. I'm not like a theater junkie. So that said, it, I will just add that I think when I go to see a production like that, if I'm going and I'm sitting my butt in a seat and watching people perform any number of things, Mervish or otherwise... I think that that's kind of part of the enjoyment of it is yeah. that you're watching it happen in real time in front of you. You're watching the people behind the scene who are incredible and quick and they're changing out sets so fast. And then you're watching these actors and actresses, you know, adjust to the different scenes. And I feel like that's all a part of it. So for me personally, it wouldn't have the same effect if I was watching it on a screen at home. But it is good, I suppose, for a couple of different reasons. Number one, some of those shows really do sell out fast. Uh, depending on the shows. Accessibility reasons maybe would be another one for people who do enjoy it, but they can't physically make it out. I think that that's great for them. I guess we can consider this year for Stratford Festival to be a test to see how it goes, but I could see some people enjoying it. But if you're a real theater goer, I don't see a lot of those people enjoying it as much as going to see it in person. You know what would be really good for the Stratford Festival if they really want to maximize their, their revenue potential and get more butts in seats and all that sort of thing? Move it to Kitchener. That would make things a hell of a lot easier. There's a few times where I thought, oh, fuck, I had to read that thing in school. All right, I'll go and see the play version, but ugh, it's a long drive to Stratford. We um we took trips. Did you do field trips there? I did, you, yeah, you, in you school. You went to school in Cambridge, yeah. So we did that too. Every year we went and we saw a different a different show for like years in elementary school. We went to the Stratford Festival. It's got, The cool thing about it, though, is it is going to see a different area. And they've got a really cute little downtown. It's part of the whole allure, isn't it? I do quite like Stratford. I just like Stratford on my schedule, not they on have, somebody else's. <laughs> they have other theater productions in other cities, too. Finally, an international group of agencies is now jointly investigating what caused that Titan submersible to implode during a dive to view the wreckage of the Titanic. Oh boy, this thing again. Investigators from the U.S., Canada, France, and the U.K. are working closely together on the probe of the disaster that killed all five passengers and crew. The U.S. Coast Guard says salvage operations from the seafloor are ongoing. The accident site has been mapped. They say evidence is being collected also in the Port of St. John's in coordination with Canadian authorities. Okay, so what's the point in doing that in St. John's? Are they thinking about shutting this shit down? I think they're thinking about shutting it down. Good. There are much more strict regulations in America, and a lot of people are theorizing that the reason this ship took off from Canada is because the regulations are a lot more lax Got for it. this submersible. Got it. Okay. Can I ask why? Why are we wasting money on this? We've got four different yeah. countries now, and God knows how many people, how many military assets are investigating this. We know what happened. They took a chance. They ran the risk and lost. Yeah. Why are we wasting any more money on this fucking thing? Leave it at the bottom of the ocean. There's no body or remains to recover. That's just a pile of fucking goo at this point because of the pressure once the submersible had water enter it. There's no point in doing this. We know what happened. Why would we continue to waste money on this? I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. I, I think it is an absolute waste of money. The only thing I could think of, and really I can squash that too, is they're trying to prevent this from happening again. But as you mentioned, those people did sign. There's mentions of death like the first, like 15 times on the first page alone when you sign this thing. So, I mean, you have to be an adult 
to go on it. You have to read it. You have to sign for yourself. And at this point, the evidence is right there on the ocean floor for it not being safe. If you still want to try to, I don't see them still operating. I mean, do you? Who would go there? Like if they're operating, it's got to be under a completely different name and they've got to get certified. And how long is that going to take anyway? Honest to God, there's no way people are going to pay money ever again to go see the wreck of the Titanic in person. Yeah. It's just done. Leave it's it over. There. It got yeah. ruined with this this submersible that imploded. It was a horrible tragedy, but we're not doing this anymore. The days of charging somebody $250,000 to go 13,000 feet below the ocean surface, nobody's going to do that anymore. Hell no. You know what the strangest timing is, too? So this Saturday... Every month, Netflix puts out new movies. I think we all know that. Not necessarily new movies, but a bunch of new selections. Titanic is coming up on Saturday. Pre-scheduled. Pre-scheduled. But there's people calling on them. Listen, the people who are calling on them to not put Titanic on Netflix because they believe it's poor timing. The movie still exists. Like, let's just calm down. The movie's not, it's not like the movie's not there anymore. They went down to see the wreck of the Titanic. How does that have anything to do with Netflix? Like Netflix will eventually have a documentary about the Ocean Gates up. I have no doubt in my mind. Sure they will. And at that point, you can go ahead and shit on them. But it's the movie Titanic. They were initially going to put it out. Who cares? One has nothing to do with the other. Nothing to do with the other. Let's just call a spade a spade here. These are people, again, that took a chance and lost. Should you feel bad for them? It's up to you. A lot of people don't. These were just very wealthy people that use their privilege, quote unquote, and their fortune Mm. to be able to do something that the vast majority of planet Earth will never, ever get to do. And they died doing it. Okay, fine. I don't know why we're spending any money on this, why we're wasting time with dumb shit, why people would bother writing to Netflix to complain about a movie that was already coming to the platform anyway. It's been around since 1997. It's not like we haven't (laughs) seen this movie, right? Like, fuck. Where were people calling on Titanic to not be made? Like, maybe that did happen at the time, mind you. Oh, it did. But I mean, thousands of people died. It was a horrible tragedy when the Titanic sunk. It was... uh, uh, a very popular movie, though. Like, I remember opening weekend. I saw it twice. Yeah, I saw it twice, too. And and the fact that it's coming to Netflix now, by pure coincidence, it was coming Canada Day no yeah, matter James what. James Cameron did not orchestrate this, by the no. way. No. Leave Netflix alone. <laughs> and I never thought I'd say that, but fuck off and leave Netflix alone. If you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. I probably will watch it, too. A lot a of people great, probably will. Great friggin' movie. When that drama was unfolding last week, how many people said... I wonder if Titanic is on Crave. Yeah. Yes. Now you know. It's now coming you know to Netflix. it'll be on Netflix starting yeah. Saturday. Have yourselves a good one, everybody. We will be back tomorrow with another After 9. One of the things we're going to do tomorrow is sort out a little bit about what's open Saturday, what's closed Saturday, what's closing Monday, and then the schedule changes around it. It's all messed up. We'll try our best. Another thing we're going to try and do is talk about all the fees that are going up as of Saturday, Canada Day. Everything from a new carbon tax to the price of cigarettes, all going up on Saturday. Yay. So pumped. All the extra money you have? Oh, my God, Kat. (laughs) Oh, by the way, inflation numbers for May came out today. Inflation is down to 3.34%. And that's a direct result of people being broke and not having any money to spend. Mm -hmm. And even though it's down almost to the target, you watch those There's so many adjectives I want to use to describe those Those pricks at the Bank of Canada. Uh Tiff Macklem, that son of a bitch, they're still going to raise interest rates again in July. And when they do it in July, it's proof positive this was never 
about fighting inflation. It was about putting money in bankers' pockets. You watch, if they raise interest rates in July, after the inflation went down to 3.4%, you know this has nothing to do with taming inflation. It's all about greed. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.